Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Cult of Geshcast, the show where we stare in amazement at folks kept in basements. I'm Gavin. I'm Philip. And we're back. Hooray! Yeah! Feels like it's ages since we recorded. I've got it in my notes here. Mm-hmm. It says, wait, wait till I find the exact bit here, Phil. It's been fucking ages. It's fucking ages. It feels like ages, but it hasn't. It's still only been three weeks since was right? on the day of recording, yeah. Oh, we're getting on top of this. We really are. 2018, getting it done. Yep. Uh, there's only one thing to say to our initiates and pre-initiates out there, Phil. Neil. Simply Neil. And hey, while you're down there, tickle me. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of damned fun. <laughs> um, very fun episode last time, Phil. Yeah. Uh, the Matamoros suicide hash cult. Hash cult, yep. Um, Voodoo, witchcraft. The lot. Body bags. Yeah, a necklace made of... Uh, Spine potentially Necklace made of gold Give it enough time <laughs> um, <laughs> So as the doctor says Once a month we're going to do this uh-huh. uh, This time we're looking at the Branch Davidians Oh Yes Hello That's right A group that gained notoriety due to the leadership of one David Koresh Oh uh, And not to blow our wad like a secret spunk up the back of your mum's couch But it ended in tragedy with the sweet release of death Yeah uh, So that's something to look forward to yeah, oh, aye. we're keeping the highbrow and high laughs. Yep, high octane. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm just looking at our list here. Yeah. Uh, so we've done that. We've done that. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. Cult status section. We like to call cult status. The first cult status. Of yeah. The episode. Uh, we're, that one? We're going to look at the <laughs> current rules. Now I don't know about this. Current it, rules. The, the, Do we need to bend this yet? I think maybe because we've got like nine. This is what nine episodes. We can't yeah. going to do like nine a recap. The longer the episodes go, the bigger the section's going to get. Yeah, no, I like it. Keep doing it. Okay, okay, Let's that's fine. Okay, so I'm going to give the name of a cult, Phil. Yeah, you tell me the rule that we took away from it. Absolutely. Okay, I'm ready to go. Uh, okay, first of all, Heaven's Gate, Shoes, Scientology, Cash, Manson Family, Influence, Star Trek, Inclusiveness, Om Shinrikyo, Merchandising, MS13, Initiation Rights, Christmas. The meal and Matamoros hash cult hash hash. Okay, <laughs> we've got a lot of rules in place already, and a yeah. cult is nothing without rules. Well, that's we'll learn from Koresh. One of the in things this episode, you have a lot of rules, not all of them great, sensible. Yeah, not a lot of sensible rules. Not enough hash, definitely no hash. As far as I'm aware, no, of hash. no, I didn't see any mentions of no. hash. What's the point? Um, we looked actually probably to explain this whole thing about rules and what it means. Mean Phil started a cult. And last episode, we looked at a concise way of shortening the explanation of the show. Yes. How it works, why we're doing this, why we started a cult. I think we got it down. So get this. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're going to time me on this. Just count it off in your head. Okay. okay. Data this takes me. This is If this is your first episode and you've never listened to the show before, are you ready? Go. Twitter poll legends cult you podcast Patreon. Thanks. Three seconds. Three seconds? Three seconds. To sum up the entire show. That's it. In a nutshell. Elevator pitch before the doors have even closed. I think you could get it down to under a second and a half. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Pretty cut and dried though. Yeah. Aye. And the cult grows ever ever more every day. Yep. So like it's like Stan Lee says, Mm -hmm. every comic, Marvel comic is someone's first. Right. Every episode that we do is going to be someone's first. So we need to have this as a primer. Right. Nah I mean. I was just thinking about our thing, Stanley says. Oh, yeah. Like, Get over here and show me your boobs. <laughs> show me your boobs. I saw a fly crawling up the wall. I thought to myself, Spider-Man. <laughs> like, fuck up and die, yo, cunt. Nobody cares. Can't say that about Stanley. I'm past it now. I think yeah, the, the, over it. the pop culture bubble. You know, like, when I, when, before the whole Avengers movies and shit kicked off, and it yeah. was quite, you're still like, oh, I love Stanley, I love Stanley. It's too much now. It's, it's been too pushed in my face. I think, if anything, in recent months, we've learned that it's not safe to have heroes anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Unless they're legends. Of course they're legends, yeah. Unless they... Some are safe because they're legends. I'm sure if Stan Lee now put up a poll saying, ah, am I a legend? Mm-hmm. He wouldn't get over the 50% that we got. No. And the aforementioned Twitter poll. <laughs> That's the one. Legends Cult, you podcast Patreon, thanks. Uh, also, a quick update um, for those that may want to know, we're working on our live show. Yeah. Uh, which will take us place as soon as we're ready, I guess. Basically, yeah, we're nurturing it. We're, we're it was still in a, a fetal stage. Well, we know what we want to do. We just need to figure out how we do it. That's yes. all. Uh, the I, mechanics. Yeah, the mechanics, uh, the minutia. Every single penny of your Patreon donation goes into that live show. And let me tell you this, part of it involves cash prizes. Cash prizes. Let me tell you, Phil, what it's going to involve. Live music. Fun audience interaction. 
costume changes, special guests, Kool-Aid in abundance, and of course opportunities to pledge yourselves even further. Opportunities to pledge us. To pledge us. Ple- pledge yourself. <laughs> pledge yourself to me. Neil, That's a good idea. pledge me. Um, if you hear any other stuff going on in the background, it's because I've got the sniffles also. Kevin, how are you feeling? Honk. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't it that? Pretty shitty, man. I feel yeah. pretty bad. I just put some uh, moisturiser on my nose, my dry cracked nose, and it hurt like shit. Yeah? Yeah, it was good though, in a good pain sort of way. A BDSM kind of way. We should look into the cult of BDSM with Yeah, I wouldn't know anything eye. about that. <laughs> particular eye, kind of just nose, nose crack play. Yeah, nose crack play, man. <laughs> really peeling my nostrils back. <laughs> squirting two big Nivea tubes right down. <laughs> That's a good idea. How are your sinuses? Horrible, man. Yeah. It's that kind of... Oh, I don't uh, like huh? it's uh, horrible man but you know no one suffered like I've suffered that's true you know that's what we learned today in this episode <laughs> so I guess with that there's nothing left to do but get right into the Batman's dinner of this that's episode right, yeah Batman's first and final dinner before looking, he fights the Joker looking forward to this with my nose the way it is and my throat the way it is talking for 10 minutes straight that'll I'm be sure good. it'll be great don't worry yeah. about it if you need me to leap in at any point what I'll do is, if I feel like I need to sneeze or cough, yeah. I'll fucking smack the table smack really hard. Smack the table real hard. Yeah, so you'll know and can swoop in. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Just scream Phil. <laughs> the usual. No <laughs> Geshe Cast classic. Phil. Do you mean me or do you mean Phil? Phil time. Phil time. No. Okay, Phil, oh, he's gone. Over. He's gone. Um, okay, so Branch Davidians. Yeah. What are they all about? Tell me more. I need to know more and the people at home are thirsty for info. Yeah. Horny for this one. So... <laughs> in order to understand how the Branch Davidians got into such a pickle, yeah. uh, it's important to understand what Branch Davidians actually believe. Hands on hips time here. Yeah, fair uh, question. Like all the dodgiest cults, we start with a fairly, fairly minor offshoot of an established school of religion, uh-huh. and then another, and then another, until the group is wholly unrecognisable from the original line of thought. Okay. Like when, like when a magic up uh, undergoes its... Uh, full evolution potential uh-huh. becomes a mega Gyarados. Uh-huh. Very little of that good-natured, well-intentioned Pokemon remains. Absolutely. I mean, that's based on the new evolution lore from Pokemon Sun. Uh-huh. Uh, so the group began as an offshoot of the Seventh-day Adventists, and in 1929, a Bulgarian immigrant named Victor Hotuf, I think, stirred <laughs> some piss into everybody's coffee by pushing his own agenda in a book that he called The Shepherd's Rod. Nice name. Excellent. <laughs> Make a note of that. Yeah. Um, it was a call for reformation and a shake-up of the faith, and with him gaining support from many of his Sabbath school class attendees, he was shown the door, uh, and his followers within the church went with him. Okay. Followed him, if you will. In 1935, they established a new base outside of Waco, Texas, and they started to gain a lot of traction, and they called themselves the General Association of Davidian Seventh-day Adventists. Snappy. Yep. Uh, they look to be super serious about the restoration of the Davidic Kingdom of Israel mm-hmm. and never once having a badass name for anything. Yeah, just really drawn out, boring. And- yeah, cut and dried shit. Yeah. Um, so, But to cut a long story short, this guy died, his wife took over. In 1959, hundreds of people gathered uh, in their new delicious-sounding Mount Carmel uh, compound. Come on. I know. Uh, to witness Ezekiel 9. That famous passage from the Bible in which, you know, the marking of the righteous by God and the slaughter of all others. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, dear. So, look, that didn't happen. Right. It didn't. Uh, but never let it be said that religion doesn't breed dangerous fanaticism. You always say that. I do. And it's a massive downer. I need to talk to you about it. <laughs> after they became uh, this, after this, they became the Branch Davidian Seventh-day Adventists. Uh, the branch, of course, fell alludes to the anointed branch of some fucking old shite. <laughs> oh, I did look up so much Bible crud <laughs> for this bit. Branch of Woolworths. Oh, it's so boring, man. Bible stuff is so boring. It is, but there's a lot of metal crap in there as well. There can be. Uh, I mean, like at least Heaven's Gate, like Star Trek, you know? Exactly, there's a kind of oh. cross-link there. Um, and The Hash. And of course, The, the Hash. And The Man Morris as well, we had that. Um, but luckily, this stuff, even though it's boring now, Leads yeah. to some really grim stuff later, yeah. so look forward to that. Hold on to your <laughs> grim pants. Uh, it's important to know that there's a long lineage here, a lot of offshoots of an established religion. This didn't happen because one crackpot suddenly had a wacky idea. This was born of an established doctrine, twisted and manipulated to serve the needs of a group at that time. Okay. So what I'm saying is, this could happen to anyone. 
you know, if you're going down to the fucking Tron in Glasgow, yeah, that could happen to you. I'm trying to just say religion, not a great idea it's at any very point. Very dangerous. Uh, this new group was much more about the upcoming apocalypse and how they were God's chosen and they were chosen to survive and to repopulate uh, after an apocalypse. Okay. Again, alarm bells yeah. going off here. Yeah. Um, There's always a certain type of person that thinks they're due to survive an apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, I imagine I wouldn't die from the apocalypse due to being you know, not good enough to survive God's wrath. Yeah. Just in a post-apocalyptic society, I'd just not have the chops. I don't have the skills or indeed the desire to no. survive. I don't even don't have a knife. No. I've got a little one, but it's on my keys. Your keys are fucked. Yeah, I guess keys won't work in this city <laughs> while, the, while the EMP goes off. Um, so there's a big old power struggle for control of the group, a struggle which is eventually won by a man now known as David Koresh. Ooh. Gah, 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 gah. Yeah. Oh, David Koresh, you bad bastard. <laughs> oh, you bad bastard. Yep. The man with a dedication to, like, T-framed glasses. Mm-hmm. Big aviator-style glasses mm-hmm. um, and mullets galore. But Koresh was born Vernon Wayne Howell in, uh, on August 17th, 1959. I'm just going to call him Koresh from this point on, though. Yeah. Because, you know, fuck that. Because everybody's called David in this story as well. It's be a bit of a Davidian thing. Okay, like, my name's actually David. Yeah. Um, You'd be like, oh, for fuck's sake. Here's your big specs. What are you getting, David, for his birthday? Rose West specs. It's <laughs> big Rose West efforts, mate. <laughs> big Deirdre Rashids. <laughs> so, <laughs> as often in these cases, uh, it's a lack of understanding of mental health issues and even things like dyslexia that mm-hmm. led Koresh to have a fairly lonely childhood punctuated with bouts of violence, sexual abuse. Um, he was deemed just a bad student, right. uh, and but he did have a great memory, and he took a shine to one book in particular, Phil. What was that? The Bible. The Holy Bible? I know, you're like, fuck, do something cool, like Lord of the Rings how or something. How draw things the Marvel way? That's a brilliant book. <laughs> what about The Days Are Just Packed, Calvin and Hobbes? Cracker? That would have been a very different story. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he memorised the Bible by yeah. the age of 14, and got all in his high horse about it, telling people, you know, I know the Bible, and you're not living your lives right. Yep. And folk were like, going to get to fuck with all that. We don't care. Aye. Bible's lame. It's a boner buster. Yeah, it's a real boner buster. So he bounced between family members. His mum had her share of problems as well. And at 21, he found himself expelled from the congregation of Seventh-day Adventists when he pursued the pastor's daughter, which can, with what can only be described as a James Brown level of intensity. <laughs> now... <laughs> It was next. It was a move to Waco, Texas, nineteen eighty-two, where he joined the Branch Davidians, hey. hey, in Mount Carmel, and he gained a lot of traction with the group because of his guitar skills. Have you seen him play guitar? No. He's a badass man. Is he's, that right? Yeah, he's like shredding on like fucking flying V's and crap. Big black metal-looking guitars. It's really good. He he is rubbish, but yeah, that it's funny just to see in these situations like somebody playing like not metal but pretty hard rock yeah at points you're like that's pretty funny (laughs) (coughs) but that was enough to win them over yeah well a lot of people who joined the branch davidians after that said it was because of the music because he would go around playing uh gigs in town uh Mm -hmm. and even try to get a recording career off the ground but it seemed that he was destined only to follow james brown in the sense of being a massive pain in the ass for law enforcement Mm. and women and women of course uh yeah but definitely they look up the videos I'm playing guitar it's very funny um, <laughs> he was said to have an affair with the prophetess of the group uh, Louise Roden who allowed him to teach his own classes within the group uh, Koresh's initial writing was called The Serpent's Root <laughs> which all oh, very there's yeah. a lot of dick jokes going on there's a lot of dick jokes going on Shepherd's Rod The Serpent's Root uh, it's a pretty badass name um, but she was like 40 years his senior mm-hmm. and her son George who was about the same age as Koresh he was in le- nest, next in line to be the prophet of the group right and he pretty understandably was like you're, you're shagging my ma quit it quit shagging my ma uh-huh. and quit trying to take my birthright yeah uh, would Koresh say that Koresh was like shut up man Koresh pulled a blinder. He said that God told him that he had to actually marry someone else within the group, uh, Rachel Jones. Mm-hmm. And they were like, cool. Uh, and they did that. Uh, it seemed he was destined for great things, but George was having none of it. And he forced Koresh, his new wife, and his most ardent followers out of the compound by gunpoint. Oh my goodness. Getting rid of him. Yeah, forever. <coughs> Just 
take a moment to please do cough remember your voice have a drink of lager drink tenants lager as your doctor uh, I'm not cutting this out I'm going to blow my nose <laughs> I'm not going to cut this out at all <laughs> this is you know a bit behind the scenes for is real <laughs> what is real this, this is real. Yeah, this. These bogeys are real. My snotters, my beagles. <laughs> Your Ewoks. <man. laughs> we'll talk about that in the extra show, man. <laughs> if you want to know what beagles and Ewoks are. Um, okay, so what followed was the usual wilderness years that you get in a cult. Moved to Palestine, Texas, and basically they camped out. They lived a pretty meager existence. Taught each other, like, living with less. Right. Which is a very important thing in the coming years. And they weirdly managed to bring in more members now than they ever did. People coming from all around the world. Uh, Koresh even went to Israel and he had a vision in which he saw he was the embodiment of Cyrus, the founder of the first Persian Empire. Hey. I know. How often does that happen? Not often. Almost never. Aye. It's fucking exhausting with David Koresh. It's it's (laughs) genuinely... He's constantly either shredding guitars, having visions, or pumping your mum. Exactly. He's like my pal Cha from (laughs) college, man. Just having a Barry vision the entire time. <laughs> it's at this point uh, when they're all camping out. This is where it all starts with Koresh taking sexual advantage of people. Okay. Uh, mistreatment of followers, denying basic privileges. The usual cult stuff turns yeah. people from like devoted followers into mind destroyers. cult stuff. <coughs> yeah. Caveat like that's, that. You know what, you're right. I keep forgetting that because I keep tarring cults with one brush. Yeah. Not thinking of us. Yeah. We are w- under the brush. Under the brush is a good name for a biography. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he was looking to instate the Davidic city, the lineage of King David from whom the new Messiah could descend. And he decided that, you know, only or maybe perhaps the most easy place to do it is Mount Carmel. Koresh said that he was the lamb, uh, not necessarily Christ, but the forerunner who okay. would set things up for JC's return. Uh, and what follows is a testament to how wily Koresh was. This is my favourite part because he was getting all the attention within the Branch Davidian community. Okay. Uh, and high atop Snake Mountain, uh, George Roden's popularity was waning. Uh, so he's in the Mount Carmel compound. Fizzing. Fizzing. Aye, rage in. <laughs> and uh, to show that he was the true leader, and maybe the Messiah even, he said, I'm going to challenge Koresh to a contest. Okay. That's right. <coughs> Tell me more of this contest. Which of them could raise the dead? Digga, 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 da, da, da. <laughs> Roden exhumed two bodies for the contest. Right. <laughs> Koresh had his reputation and indeed his belief structure to maintain. Uh-huh. So he had to show face. He mm-hmm. had to save his own face. And he did what anyone would do in that situation. Yeah. Was... Fucking grasped straight away. Just straight up grasped. Straight up grasped them up, dubbed them up to the police. Said, here, he's unlawfully dug up two bodies. Yeah. Um, going to maybe arrest him. Mm-hmm. The police are like, ah, that sounds good, but we don't have any evidence. Yeah. We've went up and had a look. Haven't seen any evidence of dead bodies. No spades or anything. Aye, no spades. Uh, and, you know, we need some evidence. So to get photographic evidence, Koresh and seven of his pals stormed the compound, yeah. armed with seven rifles, two 12-gauge shotguns, and nearly 400 rounds of ammunition. Excellent. The one thing they didn't bring... Yeah. A fucking camera. Sweet. Great idea. <laughs> like, Jesus, don't, you know? Uh, there was an inevitable shootout between the groups. You know, they, they rock up with all their weapons yeah. and, you know, George Roden's in there with his weapons mm-hmm. and uh, they have a minor shootout. Uh, Roden receives a minor gunshot wound, the poor bastard, and Koresh and his pals were arrested. Although eventually they were acquitted and Koresh got a mistrial and he was set free. Excellent. Which is wild. When you think about it. Yeah. Like, just turning up to somebody's house. Storming a place. With, like, your pals all armed up. Mm-hmm. You get there, shoot the guy, whose place it is. Yep. Douche. And then just be like, I oh, know, you know what? It's fine. <laughs> On you go. On you go. On you go. Wild. Living in America. Uh, that's the past for you. <laughs> coast to coast. Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's fucked up. No evidence. What can you do? Koresh is fucked at this point. Yeah. It's not like George is going to get back to Mount Carmel, see that someone else in the group has claimed to be the Messiah, go mental and put an axe through their skull, is it? Uh, no, he uh, did. Uh, he uh, did do that. He did do that. So that was him. George was put in the clink and it left Koresh to pretty much sweep up the lot. Excellent. Um, sneaky. Uh, a lot of Messiahs popping up through this whole Tons process. of Messiahs. It's Messiah rich, this story. <laughs> uh, apparently they had to also, when Koresh moved back in, there was apparently a meth lab in there that had been set up in their absence. Oh. Uh, by 
tenants or something like that. Not the brewery. <laughs> but, but Koresh, at this point, is in control. Yeah. And that's, again, this is where stuff... I'll try and gloss over some of the stuff because I genuinely don't want to talk about yeah, the the really hardcore, the heartbreaking, the elements. heartbreak stuff that pops into your head. Maybe if you're trying to have a wank <laughs> to this. Remember that grim stuff? Oh no! <laughs> no, I'm trying to think about nudes. <laughs> I'm trying to think about nearly nudes. <laughs> Never nudes, man. Clothes on, clothes off, cosplayers. <laughs> <laughs> it's at this point he changes his name to David Koresh. David for the biblical king David, mm-hmm. and Koresh being the biblical name for the Persian king Cyrus that we talked about earlier. Cool. What followed was pretty fucking culty, and <laughs> it, this boy is not good. Yeah. Uh, it was Koresh's plan to father 24 children to different mothers selected within the group. Yeah. These children would be the new ruling elders uh, in the new millennium when Christ returned. Uh-oh. Okay. So it seems we're back to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In the hierarchy of needs of all cults, Phil, it all ends with two things. What are those two things? Slit and rod. (laughs) (laughs) Right, yeah, I guess. All marriages and partnerships within the group were dissolved, uh, annulled by Koresh. Just wipe the slate clean, start again. That's it. That's your wife, not anymore. Not anymore. She's probably going to be one of mine. Probably one of mine. Men and women were no longer allowed to sleep even on the same floor of the compound. Uh, they were to live separately, mm-hmm. and all the women were now eligible. If they were lucky, chosen yeah. by God, they would become his wife. It's a real kind of Rocky Horror Picture Show vibe. <laughs> it really is. So um, there's just a lot, except just without like suspenders. Yeah, it's more like with no sexiness. Yeah, big glasses. And no Tim Curry. And no Tim Curry. Oh, well, I don't know. Was he there? Um, Tim Curry. When I when asked for a statement, <laughs> he uh, said, uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> "That's good." <laughs> That's a good sting for later. Uh, so yeah, lot of oppressive regime crap going on right now. Lots of physical labour, lack of food, sleep, and the ultimate freedom that all brainwashed sods seem to get mm-hmm. when they join uh, any cult except ours. Uh, now, at this point, Koresh had believed his own bullshit, and he was thinking, you know, maybe I'm actually the son of God. Yeah. Maybe I'm the son of God. Yeah. Uh, and if you want a Jehovah baby, then now's the time to ride Space Mountain, because... I'm the man. Yep. This dick just ascended. But set off the klaxon for grim shit alert because let's just say Koresh didn't really consider legal statutes when choosing wives. Yeah. Uh, some as young as 14 were gainfully given up by their own parents, uh, given up to Koresh. Mm-hmm. Allegations of child abuse. Uh-oh. Beatings of very young kids. Ugh. I watched a video and this woman was like, yeah, we started physically disciplining our baby from eight months. What is... The idea that they had was that if once the apocalypse happens, you're going to be as a war. You're going to be in a fight for survival. My kids have got to learn to do what I say when I say it. And Mm. the only way that they can learn that is by me beating the shit out of them Uh, or giving them to Koresh. Koresh would also sometimes take the kids and just beat fuck out of them, you know, because the parents were like, I don't want to do it. Um, Yeah, lots of very horrible behavior. Uh, Lots of firearms training uh, and... Lots of firearms around the compound. Aye. Indeed, it was only when a, when a king of the road, Phil, a UPS driver, <laughs> uh, had a box of fucking grenades come open in transit, uh, he alerted authorities. Yeah. And I read this story about how he was like, I delivered so much to them, and David Koresh would come out, sign for it, mm. met him many times. I didn't know what I was delivering, but it was tons of guns, tons of ammunition. It was just a lot of guns. And he's still haunted by that to this day. Like I unwittingly delivered these things to him. Like I don't yeah. think it, I don't think he's culpable in any way. No, but he definitely like he's the person that brought them all the guns that ended up killing so many people. Yeah. Uh, and with the authorities pretty edgy about this lot, and with the news of their armaments, it was the ATF, it was the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, decided enough was enough. They were going to go in and break up this horse shit, and they did. Uh, and it set off a series of events that would shock. The world. <laughs> That's a good ending. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Drama, man. Building up drama. That's that. You've got to spread the narrative. <coughs> um, congratulations. Well done, Gavin. Thank you thank for that very me. fine introduction. Oh, thank you, man. My throat and my, yeah. my neck, my back. <laughs> uh, I love it. You know, it, that was pretty intense. Mm-hmm. How would you feel about, uh, I don't know, having some fun? Nothing would serve <laughs> me better than engaging in fun times with you right now, because some of that was some real stuff. Yeah, that some was real some, talk. some real talk. How, I mean, does it affect you? Well, it would affect you more being a parent. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. I am weak as a kitten to that crap now. Yeah. To the point where I'm quite, you know, it shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone, but I'm just like, just go in and shoot them all and take the babies away. <laughs> <laughs> and here, yeah, no spoilers, but... <laughs> um, well, do you want to do your fun or my fun? Um, we can do my fun if you'd like. Sure. Just give your voice a little, Thank a little you. respite. Release um, me. Okay, so in typical uh, geth Gethcast fashion, <laughs> hey, Chris Eubank over there. Yep. <laughs> I was about to say a wugger, that wasn't him. <laughs> Different guy. Um, get ready. To Are you ready to play, Gavin? I am ready to play. Brunch dividing us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I got a lot of facts from a website called ShakeYourWakeUp.com. Ooh. This is a very breakfast-themed quiz. Okay, I love okay. breakfast, man. You love breakfast? Mm-hmm. I love breakfast. Excellent. How do other people feel about breakfast, though? Fuck. Let's find out. <laughs> Gavin, when would you say the average tool bag sits down to eat their breakfast? The average tool bag? Yeah, just an average Joe. <laughs> I thought it was like, I'm actually thinking of a tool bag. <laughs> tool bags don't eat. Sit down to eat their breakfast? Yeah. Um, 7.30. Yeah? Yeah. Gavin... 7.31 a.m. Yeah. is the universal UK average. Yeah. On a weekday, uh-huh. at the weekend, it's 8.28 a.m. Shit. Not yeah. a lot of laughs in this. <laughs> no, no, no. We can, make, we can make this work, okay? <laughs> Gavin, what is the nation's favourite breakfast meal? Probably, I'd have to say, Kellogg's cornflakes. It's not. It's a full-cooked breakfast, closely followed by porridge. Breakfast cereal and then toast. <gasps> That's some size of breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> That'll set you up for the day. I'm thinking about the what I was thought, thinking about what people would have most i.e. what most people eat for yeah. breakfast, not what their favourite is. Their favourite. Yeah, that's, well, that's if different. If you don't mind, just listen to the question. I know, no, you're right. Time. I'll stick to the... Sp- I'm yeah. going for the spirit, not the word. Um, where is the most popular place to chow down come morning time? I don't know, the kitchen table. <laughs> Incorrect. It's uh, the sofa. <laughs> <laughs> Says who? Either alone or with other members of the family, apparently, <laughs> due to these facts, on shakeupyourwakeup.com. <laughs> Um, extra quick extra breakfast fact before yep. we move on uh, taste speed filling quick to prepare and health are the most important factor when it comes to breakfast <laughs> agreed there you go um, on average Gavin how many fools do you think skip breakfast regularly like a percentage <laughs> as or a percentage figure yeah. skipping breakfast I'm yeah. going to have to say it's probably quite high I'd say maybe about 35% you're not far off Gavin oh, it's shit. actually a worrying quarter 25% oh. of people are skipping breakfast once or more during the week with more than 10% that's 13% of people never eating breakfast that's crazy and let me just say as we were talking about people dealing with anxiety and other issues such yeah. as that making sure you do have a healthy breakfast in the morning nothing that can affect your your mood Absolutely. Uh, quite like an empty stomach. So Absolutely. You want to, you don't want to be hangry and anxious. <laughs> the last right. thing the last thing you want to be. <laughs> Get those roboflavins into your bellies. <laughs> Gubbins. Um <laughs> of women who skip breakfast, Gavin, twenty nine percent miss it because they're too busy getting ready. Get up a little earlier. Fourteen percent of female breakfast skippers say they don't eat in the morning because they're trying to lose or watch their weight. Women are more likely to prioritise their hair and choosing clothes for the day than eating breakfast. I'm not sure how many of these facts are just toxic masculinity of the internet, uh, yeah, or yeah. are actual facts. They're probably busy doing their makeup and their lipstick in that, eh? Exactly. <laughs> they could just make a decision. Do you know what, though? Nothing will do harm to weight loss than skipping breakfast. Nothing will do more harm than that. Absolutely. What you want to do is you want to get a nice base down there. You want to get maybe some, some, some cereal, get some milk, always match up with your speed foods. And you're fucking golden. I'd suggest as well, Gavin, that people really pay attention to their portion size as well if they oh, can. Oh, I got 35 grams. <laughs> no more or less. Um, here's some more quirky breakfast facts for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah? Ready to laugh. The celebrity that people in the UK would most like to have breakfast with, who do you think it is? Richard Madeley. It's Holly Willoughby. Oh, that's <laughs> actually, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah? yeah. Imagine she'd be a fucking nightmare in the morning. Oh, no. Um, the world's first breakfast cereal was created in 1863 and needed soaking overnight to be chewable. Oh. Oh, no, thank you. How far we have come. <laughs> breakfast tech, man, it's come a long way. Now you soak it in milk for like 30 seconds. For a minute. It's just mush. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Gavin, the world record for the most people eating breakfast in bed is 289. <laughs> and that's just a fact. That's just a fact. It was set in Sydney, Australia on the 2nd of March 2012 and it involved 85 queen-sized beds containing four people each. What did they have for breakfast, does it say? It doesn't state here. Hopefully it's a full English, though. But they're Australian, so I imagine... I don't know. Like shrimps. Oh, yeah, well, of course. And, ranks. and uh, Hats, big but... healthy plate of fucking rice is made. <laughs> The world's largest breakfast, you ask about? Uh-huh. Right. Did, what did you say something earlier about a large breakfast? That's right, Gavin. It involved 27,854 people. and took place in Germany on the 29th of May, 2005. 29th of May is Rory's birthday, my wee brother's birthday. <laughs> oh, really? You know, you're kidding. What's going on? Oh, no, that's, that's a too much a coincidence. What's that all about? I've seen him had breakfast before as well. Who, Rory? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> The largest bowl of porridge. <laughs> Just, uh, I mean, I'm enjoying this, but uh, is, where, where are we in the list? <laughs> <laughs> this is the big end. Oh, right. Yeah, so get hype, man. Okay. The largest bowl of porridge. Oh, I'm so fucking hyphy, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was 865 kilograms. Fuck off. Uh, and was achieved. Doesn't say eaten. It was achieved. Yeah. In Chula, Russia on the 10th of September, 2011. So didn't they just rolled it down... One year, one day, <laughs> prior to the terrorist attacks. Oh, shit, man. I think. I can't remember what year it was. Well, <laughs> forget, forget the dead, is what we always say in Geshcast. <laughs> Brunch dividing us. <laughs> Brunch dividing us was good. <laughs> Lots of big laughs, breakfast laughs in there, which I like. Everyone forgot about the child abuse? Yay! Get ready for Mo. Mo. Anything else to do before we kick back into it? I'll Fun just my mic with my headphones. <laughs> Part two. No, I think we're good to go. You ready to get back into it? <coughs> and if I do cough, don't take that as I'm not interested. You did roll your eyes when you said that there. You did a massive big eye roll that no, go. people can't see. Just go. Well, I can... I can stop. Um, no, I just go. Get it done. I'll just go. Ladies and gentlemen, please. <laughs> <laughs> you ready for part two? Yes. Where were we, Gavin? The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms, or ATF, mm-hmm. had now managed to gain their search and arrest warrants that they required to move in on the Branch Davidian compound. They planned to make their move in the morning of Sunday, February 28th, 1993. However, any surprise advantage was immediately lost when a W, sorry, a KWTX TV reporter who had received an anonymous tip-off about the raid asked for directions to the compound from a local US postal officer. The postal officer was, in fact, Koresh's brother-in-law. For fuck's sake. Who dropped them right in it. (laughs) Let me tell you about it. Get a load of this, right? He told Koresh. Oh, he told David Koresh. He told David (laughs) Koresh, his brother-in-law. An undercover ATF agent within the compound learned of this Mm. and was able to make his hasty exit out of the group. I'm just going to jump out. I will be back in five, like five, ten minutes. <laughs> we'll be back in five. <laughs> Keep an eye on uh, the guns. Keep an eye on David Koresh. Going to unload all the guns. Yep. <laughs> Put them in the old attic. <laughs> um, so he was like, my, I'm getting out of here. Back to superiors. It's like, guys, Koresh knows. Mm. Covers blown. We're scooped. However, the superiors were all... Look at all this. Look, we've got all this stuff. What is sneeze? You're going to sneeze? Yeah. Just do it. Just <laughs> it no, I've said that. Shout. <coughs> let it all out. <coughs> Two sneezes, ladies and gentlemen. And a wee blow. And a wee blow of the schnoz. No other podcast, most podcasts would be like, cut this out. No. no. Well, this is it. If you're going to ride with us, then you die with us. Ride with us or collide with us at the end of the day. <laughs> So yeah, their superiors are like, look, we've got all this stuff. The guns are here, all the tanks. The guys have got their hats on, <laughs> so we're we're going regardless. We don't care if they already know about it. Yep. So what are they going to do? Exactly. What have they got? Hundreds and thousands of guns and ammunition inside, and a fanatical devotion to one guy, and the strong belief that they are going to survive the apocalypse. <laughs> Fucking let's go. This is a recipe for goddamn disaster. Um. Branch Davidian survivors from within the compound said that Koresh at this point started to say to the guys, Look, get that gun and get up to the sniper's nest Shit. that we have built in our fun compound. 
And he was like, women and children go and cower. Right. Cower behind a rock. Um, so they did that. Mm-hmm. Koresh uh, said he'd go and speak to the ATF and whatever would happen next would depend upon the ATF's true intentions. So he was like, well, whatever, guys, this isn't now to do with me. I'm going to go out pretty much Christ. Yeah. So if anything goes Pete Tong, it's probably down to them. Yes. Yeah. They're bad and I'm, I'm Christ, man. I'm Christ. I'm like... Like... Made of purity, he said to them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the ATF's agents state that they heard shots fired from within the compound. However, conflicting reports from within the compound said that ATF shot first. Yes. Regardless. Yeah. However, let me tell you, a big old gun ba- bullet battle ensued. Oh, gun bullet bell battle. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Uh, with Koresh taking a shot in the wrist pretty early on in the fracas. Shit. Uh, within one minute, Branch Davidian member Wayne Martin called up the emergency services. And he's like, fucking stop this. They're shooting at us. Yeah. Tell them to stop it. We've had enough. It's fair. They did me. <laughs> <laughs> the shooting continued for about two hours with lots of lives being lost on both sides. The ATF were running out of ammunition, whilst the Davidians, on the other hand, had hunters. Yeah. So what did the ATF do? They're like, we better stop. Yeah. Because they're literally running out of bullets. Yeah. Um, the branch Davidians allowed the ATF to withdraw safely with their dead and injured. Whilst Koresh played guitar. <laughs> like the uh, crow atop the sniper's nest. <laughs> can't rain all the time, he said. Um, and following this ceasefire... The siege began. The siege is pretty famous. Yeah. It's one of those things that I remember from my childhood. Mm. Seeing it on TV, the big fucking speakers blaring at this big concrete mass. Yeah, I mean, the the, the siege in Waco, Texas is one of the most notorious, like, yeah. things, I it guess. It might be one of my earliest memories, which is weird because it was like 1993, so I was pretend. <laughs> one of my earliest memories <laughs> at the age of 10. <laughs> Diana's died. <laughs> Good. Um, at first, during the siege, the Davidians still had telephone contact with the outside world, so Koresh continued to give interviews for radio and TV shows through yep. his, his telephone. The FBI soon cut off their external communications, allowing them only to speak to a group of 25 highly trained FBI negotiators. The FBI believed that they had made an early breakthrough when Koresh agreed to peacefully leave the compound and return for a message being broadcast on national radio. Mm. This is pretty smart what he does next. Listen to this, right? The broadcast gets made, but then Koresh is like, no. <laughs> I like that when I was it's just like, you know what? Uh, was it like God's just told me to wait? Yeah, it, I've got the quote here. Um, God basically said, remain in the compound and wait. Good. Succinct. Which is expect though. from a deity. Imagine that though, just being like, I'll definitely come out. <laughs> Don't worry. And they're all like, We've nailed the guys. Uh, come on, guys. This asshole is on his way out of here. He's on a one-way journey to the electric chair. <laughs> the next bar he'll be seeing will be the inside of a jail cell. <laughs> asshole. <laughs> so anyway, fucking negotiations continue. The FBI were able to negotiate the safe release of 19 children. Mm-hmm. Now, given that a lot of this stuff is always... FBI were able to negotiate this. Yeah. I don't believe for one second that at any point the FBI were able to negotiate anything. Yeah, I think Koresh was just like, uh, you guys can go just yeah. now if you want. This is on me. Yeah, that's fine. Pap out if you like. So anyway, 19 kids ranging from like five months old to 12 years old are released. And the moment they leave, I think they leave with a couple of adults, they immediately spring on the adults. They get fucking lifted in yeah. the back of the van. And the kids are wished off for like extensive interviews. Jeez. Which the the people within the compound saw this happen. Like it's the moment they walked yeah. in the door, they leapt on, took them away. Um, so during the whole interviews of the kids, they come back and they're like, right, more allegations of abuse. We're pretty sure there's some wido stuff going on in yeah. here. Um, can we use tear gas? <laughs> I've always wanted to use tear gas, and this seems like a pretty. We brought like a lot. I bought a big two liter bottle. Aye. I mean, why use it? I've got two L. <laughs> sitting there just chucking it and holding the cap and just throwing it under arm into the wind a wee bit. <laughs> um, so yeah they're like yep use of tear gas has been agreed there's like 98 around 100 people still remaining within the building they think okay FBI then send in a video camera like Koresh he go uh, 
recordings come back out and it's Koresh wandering about kind of introducing the FBI agents that he's spoken to on the phone mm. to the various people still within the compound. Children are still in there. Yep. His various wives, like yeah. say, aging from uh, dubious ages, yes. shall we say, upwards. It's hard to tell America. There's some weird states, man, where it's like, aye, she's 12. Go for it, aye. Go for it. Um, uh, one of the most important things that came out the back of the videos was that everybody who remained in the compound was pretty much insistent that they were there because they wanted to be there. Yeah. There was no hostage situation going on here. And the kids that were there were honestly scared of the fact that they'd seen the other kids leave and then immediately get taken away and yeah. separated from the adults that they left with. Yeah, understandable. So they were shit scared to leave as well. Um, snatters. Snatters, beagles. Outside, within the FBI, two strong factions emerged. One still believing that negotiation would save the day and the other one believing that force was the answer. Just like a Hollywood movie. So sad. Um, increasingly aggressive methods started to be used by the FBI, including the infamous sleep deprivation, mm. where they weaked out these giant speakers and started to play like jet, the sound of jet planes flying overhead, yeah. pop music, Megadeth, chanting, and the screams of slaughtered rabbits, apparently. Just day and night, not letting them sleep at any point. Outside the compound, they brought in really large military vehicles to intimidate the group and just started to use it to just trash shit that was outside. So all the perimeter fence and they just went over all the motors yeah. that, that were owned by the... Just crush them. They just crush all of those and any outbuildings that they were certain nobody was in, crush them. The water supplies within the compound had already been damaged in the initial a- assault. Mm. Uh so and then eventually any other water supplies were just cut off right power was cut off to the building so they were left to just deal with whatever they had going yeah and rations which ties into our earlier on point about them being out in the woods surviving off what they had yeah very little um Koresh ordered another group of his followers to leave uh but at this point a lot of kind of skeptics at the time start to say look if you keep on raising the stakes at this event and keep on using more and more brutal tactics yeah that's not going to work well with a group whose foundation is that they are there to survive the apocalypse. Yeah, you can only push them so far. You are creating the apocalypse for them. <laughs> yeah. And they're playing up to their own endgame. Koresh became increasingly difficult to negotiate with as delusions became more and more insistent. Again, he claimed he was a second coming of Christ and he'd been commanded at this point to remain within the compound. Any idea of leaving was now pissed out the window. Yeah, I'm not coming out. I want the world to know. As the siege wore on, <laughs> as the siege wore on, the FBI cited. They don't want to say this is the the main reason, but they're like, this is costing a million dollars a week. Yeah. So you know, and, and also like we think they might commit suicide at any point. Yeah, all, child abuse. Child abuse but yeah. A, a million. <laughs> That's a lot of money. Dude. You've been listening to a lot of rabbits for like four weeks. Uh, president of the time, William Clinton. <laughs> Uh, ordered the final attack on the compound. Love rat. Go and get them. I don't know how he speaks. Go and get them, guys. (laughs) On April 19th, 1983, combat engineering vehicles were called in to puncture holes in the walls of the compound to allow tear gas to be pumped into the buildings. Over two days, the volume of the the gas was steadily increased to build up pressure and flush out the remaining members without gunfire. Officially, no armed assault was due to be made. Loudspeakers were used to inform the Branch Invidians inside that no shots were going to be fired on behalf of the ATF and that they should follow suit. The Branch Invidians began firing immediately. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the FBI increased the amount of gas being used once again. And around noon on day three of this final assault, fires broke out within the compound and quickly spread. The government maintained that these fires were started deliberately by Branch members and definitely not by the FBI or the ATF. Nine members of the original group escaped the fires, with the rest believed to have been uh, either died from burns, smoke inhalation, or from just rubble from the crumbling compound. Oy. At this point, everything's just fucked. According to the FBI, a guy called uh, Steve Schneider, who was Koresh's top aide at the time, apparently realised he was just dealing with a complete fraud, yeah. shot Koresh in the head, and turned the gun on himself. Nothing remains of the compound today other than the concrete foundations, as the entire site was levelled just two weeks after the siege. Only a small chapel remains there to the day to commemorate the lives lost. Another cult lost, Gavin. But what can we learn from their mistakes? Let's find out. (laughs) (coughs) 
Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You. A triple threat of snottery sneezes. Sneezes and coughs. Oh. So there you go, eh? What a fucking absolute stromash. But what a way to go out. I mean, there was a lot of action towards the end there. Yeah, I like the idea of them going like, here, listen, come on out. Come We're on. going to pump into your gas, fair enough. Yeah. But when it's you come just out... just to get you out, because we're what, worried about aye. the wins. That's it, we're worried about the kids, and we don't... We're not going to fire a single shot. Yeah. And them just being like, fucking fire a gun at them, see what they do. See if they fire a gun after saying they will, me. Go on. <laughs> one of them's just doing that thing where you cock a shotgun with one hand, just putting it up there. Uh, yeah, what a wild story. A lot yeah. of death, unnecessary death. Mm. And I think, again, to show, I mean, not to, to paint the Branch Davidians as anything other than wackos in Waco, but uh, the ATF and FBI hugely mishandled the situation. Yeah. And caused a lot more damage. Like, if they had been, I don't know, more patient is not the right way, but if they'd handled it in a different way, I believe no one needed to die there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, there was absolutely faults on both sides. And quite a few of the people that were brought in, I think the head of the ATF at the time was replaced mm. with someone who had handled a siege previously, Yeah, who was just surrounded by hundreds of kind of dubious events in that previous siege. And there was a lot of controversy yeah. about them getting put in place. Like, you, you sure this is the the, the person? Because <laughs> like, they did pretty shite over that. No, yeah, no. there's definitely mistakes on both sides, but it's hey. just so yeah. many guns, so many guns. They're bombs and they're guns. I think that yeah, it just again not to go into fucking gun law in America or anything, but yeah, maybe just don't let everybody buy guns. Guns, especially ones that you can then modify to be fully automatic. Yeah, like a Nerf gun. When you take the spring out and it makes it more lethal. Lethal to the eyes. <laughs> okay, so Oh Gavin, I am yeah. blown out by yeah. all that. Can Someone, I have some fun? You can have fun, man. Inject me with your fun. Okay. Tickle me. <laughs> it's fun. It is fun. It's a lot of fun. Time for a bit of fun in a game I'm calling A Koresh Course in Biblical Comedy. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So usually later in the show I'll spring some lame jokes on you, see if you can pass our initiation of not laughing. Yep. But instead, I'm going to see if your Bible knowledge is up to snuff by seeing if you can guess the punchline to these fun biblical jokes. Is it better to not know stuff or to know stuff? Oh, to know stuff, for okay. sure. Like, if you can guess the punchlines to these biblical jokes, then mm-hmm. you'll win a big BJ. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, these came from youcanbefunny.com. Okay. I'll give you a, an example of a b- biblical joke first. Please. Who was the greatest financier in the Bible? It's going to be really tortured, isn't it? No, it's good. It's funny. Um, the greatest financier. Yeah. I don't know. It was Noah. He was floating his stock while everyone else was in liquidation. Fuck. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> Pretty good, eh? That's the thing. A lot of people see Bible folk as quite stuffy yeah. and not funny, but I mean, I think... Do you know this... what is good, though? The combination of Bible humour and high finance. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I learned a little in that one. Yeah. Okay, so this is it for real. Yeah. Okay, five questions, five points to be won. You ready? Yep. Who was the greatest comedian in the Bible? Uh, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a clue, it's not Noah. Okay. Um, Jesus. It wasn't, it was Samson. He brought the house down. Now, if you know your scripture... <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't. Bringing down the pillars of roads. <laughs> okay, next one. No points there. How did Adam and Eve feel when they were expelled from the Garden of Eden? <laughs> if you know the story. Uh-huh. Any any guesses? Like, um... How did they feel when they were expelled from the Garden of Eden? N- no. They, were all, they felt a little put out. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, funny, isn't it? Good. It's pretty good, isn't it? Um, <laughs> how long did Cain hate his brother? Forever, man. Well, as long as he was able. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, digga digga digga. What kind of motor vehicles are there in the Bible? None. Hondas, because the all the apostles were all in one accord. <laughs> you like that one? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? <laughs> Last one. Yep. This is your chance to get some fucking points yep. on the board here. Come on. Okay, mm, you ready? Concentrate. Why didn't they play cards on the ark? Why didn't they pay? Play, play cards, cards on the arc. Because they only had yep. two 
hearts. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid not. No? Why didn't they play cards on the ark? Because Noah was standing on the deck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How good were those yeah. Bible jokes, That's, man? Do you know what? It is fun. It was fun. Because, yeah. Again, we, we've painted... Uh, I guess Christianity and the Bible in general yeah. as quite a stuffy evil thing and I think it's good to maybe redress the balance with some fun do you know when I was what year was it it's maybe second year I got tricked into going to a Bible camp yeah yeah like a summer camp or just no a- no like a, maybe a weekend alright okay Um, I got I, I, you know I'd started at a new school so I didn't really know anybody and I had a, a few pals yeah and I should the red flag should have been people inviting you to something after a few weeks. Yes. That is an open door. Hey, to why you don't you just come or too inviting. Yeah. You must be Christian. <laughs> um, so I ended up at Crusader Camp. <laughs> Again, like all the signs pointed it to being metal. <laughs> it wasn't metal, man. There's it's, nothing to do with like Crusader. What, what kind of thing happens when you go home and say I've been invited to Crusader camp? Does not even your parents raise an eye at that? Well, my mother was Christian. A Crusader. Yeah, maybe not like hardcore in any way, shape, or form, but she was at times a churchgoer herself. That would be did good. Attempt to drag us into the house of Christ. Um, but yeah, Crusader, Crusader camp. camp. What did that involve? To, like. I, we went and and kind of stayed in some giant house in like fucking Perth or something, and then but what I do remember was they had an inside we fives court. <laughs> That's good. I just went head in there and kicked a ball off a wall for like three days. Yeah. Every so often they'd be like, Phil, come and read the Bible." <laughs> be like, ah. like, suck my dick in Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was I was in Boys Brigade. Yeah, which is fucking proddy Christian camp for yeah. about twelve years. So yeah, I, I got to do a lot of scripture. You had to get badges and like fucking knowing and knowledge knowledge of Bible studies. Fuck yeah, me. and because I wasn't any good at football or marching or any of the physical activities, that's to... the bit I excelled at. Wow. Yeah. The book learning. The book learning part of it. So, so I was pretty holy. I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I was pretty holy. <laughs> <laughs> pretty justifiably holy. Pretty justifiably the holy at the time. Yeah. Imagine getting tricked into Christian camp. Oh, that's the thing, though. But fucking Christians and general people that are in your religion are wily, man. Yeah, they yeah. are sly, aren't they? They are sly like snakes, aren't they? Um... <laughs> Okay, so with that being said, Phil, it's yes. probably time to Please. go on to our next segment, which is called Cult Status. Yeah. Now, it says Cult Status up here. I can't remember what one it is. Well, it's the one where we do the phone calls. We don't do that anymore. We don't do that anymore. <laughs> from that one. In that case, it's consultation. It's consultation time. Okay. Let's wipe the board of that one. Yep. And wipe the board of last week's where it said we picked hash. Yes. Uh, we're going to look at the pros and the cons of uh, the Branch Davidians. Yep. We're going to decide which one thing... One from those pros thing. we're going to absorb into our cult see you later are you ready shock fucking shock and we're back and we're back pros and cons have been written up on the board I think we're ready yeah we're ready to yeah. unleash them and discuss them do you want to hit me with the first pro first pro for uh, the Branch Davidians is just sheer guitar skills man We've learned that Koresh could shred. Absolutely, he really could work that primal concrete sledge into something that people would really love. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, he managed to use his music to get people into the cult and then influence them. So, yeah, he must have been able to really fucking wail. Can't argue with that. Yeah, so, and I would like to know how to play the guitar, so maybe. Yeah? Yeah, maybe. Is that a dream of yours? Um, no, I mean, in a way, it would be cool to be able to play the guitar, but everyone I know who plays guitar, apart from our... Uh, one initiate uh, yeah. Jim the schoolgirl is a fucking nightmare yeah they're hard work yeah it's that point where people just bring a guitar or something oh. and you're just sitting looking at it like at some point somebody's going to play that yeah and then we're all going to have to shut up Aye. and just watch them play some play fucking play green sleeves fucking Bob Dylan songs Aye. or some other trash it's like <laughs> when you're watching like if you go to like a comedian Mm. Or you see like something there's like this the fucking warm up guy will come out and he'll have a guitar and you'll be like, Oh come on nuts. Ah he's got one of those fucking chronic fucking cunts. Once I went to Manana's, right? Mm-hmm. And uh Sharp. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Manana's and we're going down there, I think there's a Christmas or something like that, and they're like your granddad's cousins coming over mm-hmm. or something like that, somebody's uncle or some shit somebody we'd never met yeah. there's a long period in my dad's family where you weren't allowed to meet anybody outside the immediate family okay they're all deemed 
unworthy. I see. Um, so Uncle Secrets. Alex is coming over, comes in with a guitar. Oh, oh for fuck me. This is going to be rotten. 20 minutes later, Uncle Jeff turns up with another fucking guitar. <laughs> Two of them start both playing guitar. Like smell you, I'm out here. I, I never want to see either of these again. That's the reason that we don't speak to the side of the family. Yeah, they were right. They play guitar. Nana was right. <laughs> Vindication. Vindication for Nana. <laughs> Phil, um, can you just hit me up with a sweet, sweet con? Yeah, the, con, the first con that uh-huh. I think we flagged up mm-hmm. for extensive research was all the abuse. Yeah, there was a lot of abuse in the compound, and we're not about abuse. Fuck that noise. The only abuse I'm about is Gary Abusey. Yes. Yeah, you or like Jake that? Abusey, his or son. Jake Abusey. <laughs> <laughs> Another program and hit me with it. A sweet compound. A delicious sounding yes. compound. I love a lair. Uh, I mean, we've got a lair here, but I mean, it's definitely... I don't know if it's fit for purpose now that we've grown. Wouldn't survive the onslaught of some tactical emergency vehicles. No, absolutely not. Not some tear gas. No. Uh, my little brother um, had to inhale tear gas as part of his uh, RAF training. Is that right? Yeah, he said it was shite. <laughs> <laughs> it was really fucking shite. Yeah, he says he wouldn't want to breathe it again. No? Yeah, I was like, oh, well, fuck. Was it better or worse than when you light the wrong end of a fag? <laughs> I've never done that. <laughs> it's pretty bogus. Yeah? Yeah, you're, you're not really pished as well, so you're already feeling a bit sick. On purpose? Or? No, God, no, no. You just light it and you're like, big draw, big first <laughs> fag draw. <laughs> and you look down and you just sucked. <laughs> the like, beef? You've lit the beef. You've the, <laughs> the arse end of the beef. Oh, man. for fuck's sake. It's worse than soggy, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Phil, could you hit me with a con? They're bad bastards. Oh, the Branch of the were bad bastards. Like, uh, not so much. I'd say the the followers were just idiots. Yes. David Koresh was a bad bastard. And they were just so brainwashed that were like, here, have my kid. Yeah. You're like, aye. Yuck. Like, it's your fucking Wayne. Aye. No, it's unjustifiable, Gavin. doesn't matter yeah. how much you try to justify it. <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't have happened. It shouldn't be allowed to happen. And, you know, the US school system has a lot to answer for. Oh. It's run by the same people that run the prison system. Uh, <laughs> and the whole social system. <laughs> Give me another pro, please. Charisma. Undeniable charisma. I mean, mentioned it's part of the guitar skills. Yeah, it's part of the guitar skills. As in, if you want to make it in the world of shredding, you've got to be charismatic. Absolutely. Um, Koresh was able to, even at his lowest, out in a campsite in the middle of nowhere, managed yeah. to attract followers with his charisma. They literally had nothing. Fuck all. On the dut. Yep. Yet. And yet. <laughs> <laughs> From dut to yet. Um, yeah, it's very important, and it's something you find in all cult leaders. Very charismatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Fellow, going to give me that final con. It was all the guns. Yes. I, I'm i going to put forward now. Mm-hmm. I mean, see in terms of how cults go. Yeah. Ours is fairly light touch. Yeah. 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 We're, yeah, we're fairly hands-off light touch. All we ask is that you kneel. Yes. And occasionally tickle me. Occasionally tickle us and be there when we ask. Oh, absolutely. That Again, Many of you failed to do that. Only one man was there when we asked. Which is why he was promoted so high in the Chief establishment. tech officer, Andrew Beltran. <laughs> Chief of security. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're, I'm going to just outlaw guns. I think that's a good idea. What about Black Widow uh, fucking catapults? Tink. Like, um, sure. Pretty sweet man. Use them for fishing in that, but... Uh, yeah, but that's it. They can only be used for, for fishing, for yeah, flat putting bait into the water against like sanctioned enemies. Yeah, enemies of the cult that have been identified. Yeah, such as the polis, the polis, arrogant the bastards, man, and of course, <laughs> his holy father, the pope. <laughs> Our first fully sanctioned enemy, the pope. Um. <laughs> Do you know what though? I bet you any money if people told the pope uh-huh. what we were all about. Yeah. Apart from the hash, because we all know Pope smokes dope. Yeah. He would be like, I don't like them. Yeah. Because we're taking, they say, putting none other before God. Yes. And we're asking you, I guess we're asking you to tickle us, you know, all that stuff, and also put us before God. I, I bet. Tickle us. Be there when we ask. Kneel. Kneel. And place us in your heart above God. And above, above God? Above all else. Yeah. Um, okay, so. Kill the Pope. <laughs> also, yeah, also kill the Pope. <laughs> We're going, we're going no, to, at the live show just showing the Pope must die and stuff. <laughs> don't kill the Pope, man. Uh, okay, so, no. pros, <laughs> guitar skills, compound and charisma. Phil, yeah. 
What do you think is the best fit for the cult of Geshcast going forward? If I had to pick one, yeah, well, yeah, and you and you do. Uh, it's charisma. It is charisma. It's charisma, it's charisma it? carpenter. It's charisma carpenter. I was just I was going to make a joke later about how Jesus was a carpenter and charisma carpenter was going to be. Good. Do you think that's why she's called that? Well, I don't see any reason why not. She was a real raid for a while. Yeah, mm. <laughs> that's what I'd like to call a raid. <laughs> One of the other facets of the cult of Geshkast. Mm, you must love Buffy and Angelus. <laughs> uh, not Angel. But not Angel, no. Oh, he's bad. <laughs> I love the bad boys. Uh, okay, so charisma. I don't know how we're going to get that. We're just going to be more charismatic. Just let's be more charismatic. And that's going to be pretty difficult. Well, I'll tell you what. At times. Well, yeah, exactly. It's different from uh, the other one. Influential. Mm-hmm. It's different from that. Yeah. <sighs> It's like Arnold saying about with his, his arms. He mm-hmm. just needs to get them a little more perfect, which is practically impossible because they're <laughs> perfect already. Uh, yeah, so we just need to be more charismatic. But this doesn't just extend to us, Phil. We're not no. abiding by these rules. No. Our initiates and pre-initiates should yeah. be living by this. Be more charismatic. Have more confidence about yourself. I think this is going to really help out some of the people that we spoke to mm-hmm. with those anxiety issues. It's just plug into that charisma. Just sass it. Yeah, just sass it a little bit. Just, just a little bit. Maybe just, you know, put that shit to the back door for just one second. Just sass it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all we're asking. I like that, would yeah. you call that? Um, I snapped my fingers is what I call it. How long have you been doing that? Okay, now watch me whip. Yeah. Now watch me nanny. That's yeah. really good. Made that up too. <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> that's really good. Okay, so we've made our decision. We're going yeah. to take this Charisma. forward. Next segment is a segment we like to call cult status. Excellent. What happens in this one? We decide whether or not the Branch Davidians are better than our favourite current cult, the Matamoros Hash Cult. Difficult. What is your... Give me your immediate feeling on it. (sighs) The the Branch Davidians and the Waco thing has such a huge legacy. It's big. It's big, and when you think cult, it's one of the first things you think of. Yes. But it's in a really bad way. Like, a lot of people think bad, but when you think about Heaven's Gate, they think bad things. Yeah. But when you really think about it, they're just sort of lovable losers. Uh-huh. It's a real bad thing. I don't want necessarily to say that the Branch Davidians and the Waco, Texas thing is my favourite anything. <laughs> I will say this much. Yeah. Everything I read said that most of the allegations mm. were allegations. Yeah, there, there was no proof. Lot of proof and evidence floating about and there was a lot of times where those allegations were used to justify some very extreme methods mm-hmm. which would speed up a very sticky ugly predicament that the government had found itself in yeah that had started yes yeah exactly so mm. i mean it is the it is one of the big eggs it's a huge egg it's a huge egg and the Do matter morris one is very grim cannibalism Voodoo. Oh, no, absolutely not. In that case, Matt Morris is still my favourite. <laughs> still the best one. Still the best one because there's magic elements. <laughs> yeah, and it. there's not many, like... We haven't there's not a across lot in, a lot of magic as yet. Yeah, and I can't really say that anything that contains a high level of alleged child abuse can yeah. be that great. So let's no. just stick to the cannibalism and uh, big necklaces made of human spines. Yeah, yeah. Because that's very metal. Oh, absolutely. Um, the guy killed a lion? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, absolutely. Gosh, sometimes I could kill for a lion. Yeah, bar that is. Mm, (laughs) I'll do love my sweeties. Beast of a bar, man. Um, Okay, so with that being now decided, yes, uh, that's us finished. I mean, we can't do the jokes thing because we did the jokes thing earlier. The jokes earlier. Just kidding. Oh, this is called the initiation station, Phil. We're going to see if you can survive these very funny jokes without laughing, and if you do, I'm starting to wonder if I'll get through this purely because um, not that I'm bored of the segment, obviously, but I am. I'm I'm stealing. Yeah, you're stealing a little bit. It's no longer got the the impact. Well, I see. I really struggled to get my usual five. I only have four. (laughs) <laughs> you really did struggle you yeah. failed yeah I failed to get my five <laughs> I couldn't find anything that I thought would make you laugh uh-huh. I have some channels in here uh-huh. but I don't think that even matters sometimes I think you can still laugh <laughs> but what we need you to do is be stoic yeah rest your face yeah Vulcan like stoicism Vulcan like stoicism wow and if you can survive these questions these jokes uh-huh. then you're in the, in the cult in your own cult, <laughs> in your own cult. you're in charge of Okay, you ready? Yeah. 
What is transparent and smells like worms? I don't know. A bird's fart. I was, was a wee laugh. It's a little laugh. Forgive that one. Did you hear about the circus fire? No. It was intense. <laughs> right, no, no go, go. What's what yellow and smells of bananas? I don't know. Ape vomit. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's bad. <laughs> Last one. Right, right, Last right. one, and, and really straighten your face for this one. What I will say to everyone is, if you have any shite jokes that you think will make Phil laugh, send them in. You know the format by now. <laughs> yeah. I can't find any more. If you want the segment to continue, and if many people have said, keep doing it, <laughs> send in the fucking jokes. Send them to geshcast at gmail.com. Mark them under <laughs> jokes for Phil. <laughs> Don't Last worry about me reading them, because I've never checked You'll never check the email. It's fine. Okay, you ready? Yes. What do you get if you cross a horn with an orange? I don't know. Tutti frutti. <laughs> and that is the initiation station one more time. Again, oh, shite us this week. This cult that I own. Shite, no, I think I'm very disappointed in the jokes this week. They're yeah. not good. They're not good jokes. They're ape vomit. The best. That <laughs> <laughs> may be a grower, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Okay, so all that's left to do really is the housekeeping for the show. Okay, excellent. Let's do it. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Please uh, get in touch with us on our Twitter. At Geshcast. At Geshcast. And you can also uh, become an initiate of the Cult of Geshcast. Absolutely, man. Just sign up to our Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Cult of Geshcast. We only need $1 a month. That's less than the price of an average Kit Kat. I, Phil, bought a Kit Kat today. Not yeah. with, not with the, the funds. No. Uh, with my own money and uh, I'll be honest uh-huh. I won Joe the Mug are you kidding congratulations I won Joe the, yeah thank you thank you do you know which face is on it uh, I got to choose the face I wanted on Joe oh, the Mug what did you go for I went for classic smiling Joe that's really good yeah I'm really happy <laughs> I'm really happy congratulations and do you know what else as well they were mm-hmm. reduced so you could have had two Kit Kats for a pound yeah that's true that's true so you can either go and buy two shite Kit Kats where you get a great mug yeah. or you can give it to us or you can give it to us. And we'll put it into laughs. All the money that goes into the Patreon goes into our live show or goes towards paying any cult-related stuff like websites and fucking hosting. Our crap that nobody uh, looks at. Yeah, other crap that no one thinks about when they say, let us start a podcast. Do you want to start a podcast? Yeah, it's going to cost you about £100 a year for hosting. <laughs> oh, never mind then, it's fine. It's cool, we'll just not do it, eh? I'll just not bother doing it. Not us. Say nothing, do nothing, be nothing, folks. Exactly. Now, crap... Fucking crap. Crap on my neck. Crap off. Crap off, everyone. (laughs) Shock. Fucking shock. (laughs) And I guess all that's left to say, Phil. Yeah. It's Cult of Geshcast. See ya!